Well, a little more than a year ago, a young man came to our home and knocked on the door. And I immediately, when I opened the door, I saw that he had a clipboard in hand, which, as you might imagine, probably only meant one thing, right? That he, he wanted to sell something. And rather than saying, which I don't know about you, but so often I'm just tempted to say, like, thank you, we're kind of busy, you know, I'm not interested. Uh, but, but when I found out what he was selling, I said, you know, hey, today is not a great day, but if you can come back in a month on a Wednesday evening, um, let's chat. And so to his credit, he did, and not only did he come back, but he brought a very persuasive presentation that told the very green benefits of his product. And when I say green, I am talking about, yes, the environment on the one hand and Dollar, dollar bills, y'all, on the other hand, right? So uh, he, he, he brought this presentation. We said, okay, we're in. We did our research. We, we figured everything out. And about seven months later, there were 19 solar panels on the back of our roof. And since that time... <laughs> There has been now a series of delays. Some of them, they seem quite legit, okay, just different challenges, different red tape, different processes. Um, but it was 17 days ago that we finally got the meter switched out and an email popped into my inbox that said the beautiful words, permission to operate. It's what I've been waiting for for over a year, permission to operate. Except now there's still only one problem. We're still not operating. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I am really trying to be patient with my new friends. I really am. You can pray for me, okay? I mean, first it was, hey, we're missing a serial number, a little technicality. We need to get that from the installers. And then it was like, didn't hear anything. Email back. It's like, oh, well, we may need to check with accounting. Have you paid? Like, yes, we paid in full. <laughs> There's going to be the issue. Like, okay, we'll get back to you. And so now, 17 days later, we have a source of power that is sitting on our roof that is little more than a glorified prop that rather than being able to access and receive the full benefits of this solar energy, we are still waiting to receive its power. We are ready for the power. We want that panel power to bring power into our homes to bless the environment and bless our electricity bills, yes. <laughs> but as we think about the Christian life, when Jesus invites us to follow him, he allows us to get connected to a power. The very power of God. We're talking about the same power that spoke the world into existence, opens blind eyes, and raises people from the dead. That's the power that God has deposited into each one of us by his Holy Spirit. And yet, if you are anything like me, so often you live your life with full access to God's power. 
with very little activation of his power. But as we grow to follow Jesus, as we learn what it looks like to live in the fullness, please hear me today, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, we come to realize that God wants us to live empowered lives by his spirit for the good of others. And that is what we find here in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 1 through 11. So I want to read these words for us, and I want us to dive in to what God has to say about his power and his power that he wants to be at work in us. This is what Paul writes. He says this. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. As we dive into 1 Corinthians 12 this morning, we hear one overarching exhortation to us as followers of Jesus, and that is that we should live empowered by God's Spirit for the good of others. Live empowered by God's spirit for the good of others. To to help us understand uh, what what Paul is is saying about the the gifts of the spirit, I want to give us four foundational truths. But before I jump into those four foundational truths, I want to give you our vision statement for the year as a church that our pastors and our staff have worked very hard on to prepare that will help focus our attention and our prayers and our best resources as we move throughout this year and seek the empowering work of God among us. And this is what we've, we've, we've crafted for us this year as a church. This is, this is it. It says this. We see a church full. All right. Every word is intentional, by the way. We edited this document so many times, so don't think there are throwaway words. Okay, there are meaningful words all throughout. And this is, again, what it says. We see a church full of people gifted by God's spirit for the good of others. 
as each person's unique design is discovered, lived, and celebrated with equal excitement, we will collectively take thousands of joyful steps to serve others. Countless deeds of mercy, kindness, hospitality, healing, teaching, encouragement, and more will lead to this story after story of the supernatural becoming natural and God's love going public in every corner of our church and city. Redemption Hill will be a church where everyone lives empowered everywhere. This is our prayer. And I hope even in the reading of it, it gets you just a little bit excited to lean into the heart of God and to consider what he wants for us and what he has for us. Because I should be sure to say that we are where we are a decade into our journey as a church family because we are full of empowered people. And yet where we are is not where God wants us to be. We are not where we will be yet. And so it is going to take all of us seeking the much more that is carried in the heart of God as he pours out his spirit among us to see the work that he desires to do. And so let's trek through these verses with four foundational statements to help us understand what God wants to do among us. The first one is this. We are gifted by God's spirit through faith in Jesus. We are gifted by God's spirit through faith in Jesus. Paul begins in verse 1 and he says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. And that's how I feel. That's how we feel as pastors. We do not want you to be uninformed. In fact, we want you to be so informed that after we go through the book of Nehemiah starting next week, we're going to spend a three-week series on the Holy Spirit before Easter. And then we are going to take seven weeks after Easter leading up to Pentecost Sunday. And we are going to go through all of the key texts on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to teach on it before, and we're going to teach on it after, and we're going to work through 1 Corinthians through the the entire book to, to end the year, the back half of 2022. But what Paul begins here is is he says that all genuine activity of the Spirit happens in alignment with the central confession of Christianity, which is three words, Jesus is Lord. When someone sincerely confesses Jesus is Lord, he is the king of my life, he is the one that I am living for, that is evidence that the Holy Spirit has opened their eyes, given them a new heart, brought them new spiritual life. As 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you whom you have from God. And when the Spirit gives us new life, listen, he empowers us with new gifts to serve others and to reflect the kingdom of God. So if you are in Christ, listen, you have the Holy Spirit and you have gifts that the Spirit has given you and maybe some more to come that he wants to give you. But we should pause and then ask an important question. If Paul is talking about spiritual gifts, Paul, what is a spiritual gift? And this is my best attempt at a definition that I'll share with you that I've worked on over the years. It says this. When uh, spiritual gifts are activities of service 
characterized or controlled by the Spirit as he graciously works through us. Let me, let me say that again. Spiritual gifts are activities of service characterized or controlled by the Holy Spirit as he graciously works through us. Wayne Grudem says this, that spirit, a spiritual gift is any ability empowered by the Holy Spirit and used in any ministry of the church. And another pastor named Jordan Singh says that spiritual gifts give us a power boost in specific areas of ministry. And so listen, let me, let me say it again, super clear. If you follow Jesus and you have God's spirit living within you, you have been gifted by God for the good of others. And we see a church full of people gifted by God's spirit in 2022, ready to serve for the good of others. That's number one. Then number two, listen, we are part of a beautiful unified diversity, all right? We are part of a beautiful unified diversity. And we see this in verses 4 through 6. What Paul does here with a rhythmic cadence is he sets forth a picture of unity in diversity. He describes God's diverse work through us in three different terms while highlighting the unified work of the three persons of the Trinity as the source of our work. So, so what he says here, you can see in verse 4, he says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. These three different terms, gifts, service, and activities, they, they are nearly interchangeable, okay? The word gifts is the Greek word charismata, and we're not trying to all become Greek scholars here today, okay? But the, the Greek word for grace is charis. And so you can hear the word grace in the word charismata. That's why people describe the word or, or define the word charismata as grace gifts. They are gracious gifts from God that he gives us to empower us to serve others. Then the word service refers to all kinds of just simply everyday service that we perform as followers of Jesus and activities comes from the word energeia, and you can hear the word there, energy. And it refers to ways in which the divine power is applied in our lives. To show how these terms are, are, are very parallel, we could simply say this, that spiritual gifts display themselves in activities of service. Did you, did you see what I did there? Spiritual gifts display themselves in activities of service. They all work together here. And what Paul is saying is that the same God, Father, Son's clear Trinitarian reference, that God is triune, one God, three persons, and the, the entire uh, persons of the Trinity is at work. They are at work in gifting the church for the good of others. 
And so Paul here is highlighting the, how the diversity of gifts flow from one unified source, the same working through the same power from the same God. Though we are gifted in different ways, we have one source of our gifts and one mission and purpose in the service of our gifts. And that's where Paul takes us next. He not only says we have been gifted by God's spirit through faith in Jesus and we now display a beautiful unified diversity. But number three, he says we display God's presence for the good of others. We display God's presence for the good of others. We're going to slow down a little bit, and now that we've come to verse 7, and we find here really what most scholars would say, this is the key verse of the chapter. This is Paul's thesis statement on spiritual gifts, and we can break it down in three parts. Number one, he says, I love this, he says, to begin the verse, to each. Did you see that? To each. Can someone say, that's me? All right, you didn't say it like you mean it, so I'm going to give you another try. Can someone say, that's me? All right, I want, to, I want to hear it so loud that I can hear you coming through the camera and through the screen, okay? That's me. All right, thank you. Thank you, church, in here at home, okay? That is all of us. Paul says, to each. What does our Vision statement for this year say what? It says, we see a church full of people. What does it say? It says, as each person's, that's you, as each person's unique design is discovered, lived, and celebrated with equal excitement, we're going to take thousands of joyful steps. God wants you in on this. In fact, if you are in Christ, as we have already established, you already are in on this. It's just a matter if you're going to step into it every single day. This vision is not just for the pastors. It's not just for the staff. It's not just for group leaders and team leaders. Listen, this is for all of us. And I love to say, and I hope you'll hear it and believe it. Listen, you are essential. You are essential. You are essential to the kingdom of God. You are essential to what is happening in the life of this church. And let me just share a few lies from the pit of hell with you this morning. They would say things like this. Maybe you've heard them before. Maybe you're even hearing them today. It's like, oh, spiritual gifts. Oh, yeah, Pastor Tanner. Like, he's got a little bit of gifting, you know, at least enough for me to come and show up on occasion. And it's like, no, 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 no. We hear these lies like, you don't have anything to bring to the table. We hear these lies like, they don't need you. We hear these lies like, oh, redemption only can reach its full potential without you. We hear these lies that say, remember what you did last Saturday night? God can never use you again. Oh, I've heard that lie before. I've believed that lie before. God, the things that I've done and how I've sinned against you, God, you would never use me in, in your church. You would never use me in ministry. Those are lies. Listen to the voice of God that is saying, to each, to each, never, listen, never disrespect. And I know this is a little bit strong, but it's, it's supposed to be strong, right? Never disrespect God's love for you or his desire to work through you by assuming that he only wants to work through somebody else. To each. To each, that's you, that's you, that's me. 
And then he goes on and he says, to each, I love this, is given the manifestation of the Spirit. I mean, if the words to each get my BPMs up a little bit, I don't know where I'm at right now. Oh, shoot, I'm at 138. That's real time. All right? It's even, it's even going to go higher now because what Paul says is that to each is given a manifestation of the Spirit. What this means is this, that as we serve with our spiritual gifts, we actually manifest. That means make known. It means I looked it up in the dictionary. It means to make clear to the eye. How about that? You might want to write that in your journal. To make clear to the eye, what? The Spirit. The, who is the Spirit? The Spirit is God. God the Holy Spirit. So this blows my mind, but as we serve in our gifts, whatever our gifts are, we are actually making God visible to the world. His love and his power are on display through feeble human beings like you and me. Sam Storms, I love what he says in his book on spiritual gifts, The Beginner's Guide. He says this, spiritual gifts are concrete disclosures of divine activity and only secondarily human activity. Spiritual gifts are the presence of the Spirit himself coming to relatively clear, even dramatic expression in the way we do ministry. Gifts, I love this. Gifts are, and you heard it in our statement, gifts are God going public among his people. This is why we said in our vision statement, we're going to tell stories of the supernatural, the work of God, the spirit becoming natural, happening in the everyday. And God's love going public in every corner of our church and city. And just real quick, because I don't have time to preach multiple chapters here this morning, okay? But if you want to know why we put in our vision statement, God's love going public, and it doesn't say anything about love in chapter 12, verse 7, just keep reading. Because, oh, by the way, when you get to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and it's the, the passage on love that we all read at weddings, which is great, hallelujah, we need to love each other in relationships. Guess what? Paul wrote the love chapter in relation to how we exercise our spiritual gifts in the church and in the world. It's a manifestation of his love. Listen, it's not just about how God has gifted us and what our gifts are. Yes, we all want to know them, and we all hopefully want to live them out. But you can have tons of gifts and no love, and Paul says, you are a clanging symbol. You're just, you're just noisy. you just <laughs> nothing more than that. Nathan, I hope I didn't mess up your drums over there, man. God, God's love, listen, listen, God's love wants to go public through us. As we, as we serve others, as we humble ourselves, as we spend our time and, and give of our resources, whatever that is, our abilities, our, our skills to build other people up. And that's exactly what the purpose is. It's not only, listen, the twofold purpose of, of spiritual gifts. Number one, first and foremost, ultimately, it's to make God known. It's so that people get to know our great God. That's why we want to use and practice our spiritual gifts. But then secondarily, yes, it is also, and this is how God operates. He's so smooth. He's so wise. That he, it is for the good of others. This is the last phrase in verse 7. He, he says that to each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Spiritual gifts offer spiritual benefit to the people around us. 
You could translate this, this phrase literally as with a view to profiting. Spiritual gifts bring a spiritual profit to the people around us. When Paul's talking about gifts in Ephesians 4, he talks about how they equip and help us grow. In 1 Corinthians 14, he talks about how they build us up, strengthen us, encourage us, and console us. And so just in practical terms, listen, the reason that God's given you an administrative gift is to strengthen the people around you. The way that the reason you got that word of knowledge is to encourage somebody. The reason that you have that mercy gift is to console a brother or sister in Christ. This is why God has gifted us. He's gifted us to strengthen one another. He's gifted us to build up his church, to make one another strong. We need the gifts of one another. I can't tell you how many times life has been hard, ministry has been hard, and then a friend will come along and speak a word of encouragement, and that word just puts strength into my bones. It fans the flame of the gift of God in me once again. Thank you, Jesus, for the people who exercise their spiritual gifts. But it's not, listen, it's not just to strengthen us as a church family. It's also to advance God's mission in the world. So often we have this, this kind of insular kind of inward focus that we are prone to because quite frankly, it's much more comfortable to hang out with people that think like us and talk like us and believe the same things. And yet God is constantly saying, yes, pour into one another. But as you pour into one another and walk together, you better love the people that are around you who need to know me. And if you don't think that the spiritual gifts are for non-believers too, let me just make three quick points. Number one, you would have to delete certain gifts because gifts like evangelism or the evangelist don't really work outside of it being for people who need to know about Jesus. But then you would also have to delete the entire book of Acts essentially as well as the teaching of Jesus as we see that these gifts are not just for the church but they are for the world. And so you say, okay, Pastor Tanner, I, I, I got it. I, I see, okay, we've been gifted and it's diverse, but we're unified. And, and now uh, it's for the, the building up of others. But, but what gifts does God give? What, what are the gifts that he gives us? And that's where Paul goes next with an illustration, examples, nine different examples of how the Spirit works through each one of us. The fourth foundational truth I want you to see this morning is that we are empowered with specific gifts for God's purposes. We are empowered with specific gifts for God's purposes. We see in verses 8 through 10... That God gives us all different gifts, but he gives them for specific purposes. We, we see that there is the same spirit that's highlighted again and again and again. There's the unity, but then it says to another, to another, to another, highlighting the diversity. In verse 8 it says, for to one is given through the spirit the utterance or word of wisdom. To another the utterance or word of knowledge, according to the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. And listen, I know that you would love for me to take some time and to unpack and say, okay, this is what this means. And this is where we see examples. And this is what it looks like worked out in our lives. 
And we are going to, as I shared, we're going to spend time doing deep dives on all of the gifts that we find in the New Testament. I do not have time to do that today. But please know we're going to take a deeper dive as we move forward. But this highlights that I know if you're anything like me, listen, I'm still on a journey understanding the Bible, understanding God's spirit, understanding how God's spirit empowers us. And if you're anything like me, you have questions. You have, you have biblical questions, practical questions, experiential questions. Questions like how many gifts can a person receive? Can I receive more gifts than I have today? Can I grow in my gifting? What's up with the gift of tongues? If people have the gift of healing, why are hospitals not empty? We have all of these kinds of questions when it comes to the spiritual gifts. But today I want to ask and answer two very important questions. The first is this. Are these spiritual gifts that we find in verses 8 through 10, are they the only gifts that God gives to his church? And the answer, if you're familiar with the Bible, is no. Not at all. Not the only gifts. Uh, what we find are, are these, these, these gift lists are representative. They're not exhaustive. And so we find other lists like we move down in chapter 12 to verse 28 and we see, and God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles? And in that list we found at least Four new gifts, apostles, teachers, helping, and administrating. But then we can move over to Romans 12, verses 3 through 8, and we would find these gifts. Prophecy again for the third time, service, teaching, exhortation, giving, leadership, and mercy. That's another four new gifts, actually five. And then in Ephesians 4, verse 11. It describes positions of service. They might be more like offices in the church, more than gifts, but they are gifts nonetheless to the church to build up the body of Christ. Where Paul says that Jesus ascended, he gave gifts when he ascended, and they are the gifts of apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. And then finally in 1 Peter 4, verses 10 and 11, there are two general categories which some scholars would say, hey, this is like all of the gifts that you see, wherever they are, they would fall into either one of these two categories, speaking gifts and serving gifts. But, but, but even as we read, there, there are roughly 20 different gifts listed in the New Testament. And I hope that you have not only benefited from the gifts that have been at work through the others, but you have also given these gifts away. I'm sure you have as you've walked with Jesus. But, but even still, again, the implication here is that these are representative. They are not exhaustive. And so I would maybe answer another one of your questions and say, are all of the gifts that God gives listed in the New Testament? To which I would say, it seems to be the answer is No. There seem to be other gifts that God would give. Now, again, we can't be as confident because they aren't listed for us. But how many times have you been gifted by someone maybe with the gift of prayer or the gift of intercession? Maybe the gift of hospitality. Do you know some people with the gift of hospitality? Maybe the, the gifts of passion or even deliverance, deliverance ministry, where we're, we're, we're Casting out demons in Jesus' name. Yes, demons are still real and God can still work in these ways. 
But then not only that, but we could go to the Old Testament, and though they are not spiritual gifts, technically we see numerous ways where the Holy Spirit is empowering people with different abilities. We find that when the craftsmen went to build their tabernacle, they were gifted by the Holy Spirit, or at least empowered by the Holy Spirit, safer language. Uh, we see the Spirit made Samson strong. He anointed David to play music, not to mention the work of God in giving Solomon wisdom and Daniel the ability to interpret dreams. God was at work empowering his people, even in the Old Testament, in different specific ways. And so these are not all the, the, the gifts that God gives us to us as his church. But then the second question is, well, we just read through all of these gifts, these 20 gifts, and you've mentioned other gifts, Pastor Tanner. Do we believe that these gifts are all still for today? And as pastors, we most certainly believe that these gifts are all for today. And again, we're going to take some time to consider why is it that not all Christians or all churches, maybe even you, you're on a journey. It's like, man, I, 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 I'm not sure about my convictions around this. Or I, even in my experience, doesn't match my convictions. And so I, I want to wrestle and think through it. And listen, we invite that. We welcome that. I can share my own story. I didn't always believe, in part because of my experience and part because of my study of Scripture, I didn't always believe that all the gifts were for today. I would probably say, like, yeah, maybe, I think so. I haven't really experienced. but And so listen, wherever you are, listen, wherever you are, you're welcomed here. You're, you're at home here because we are all on a journey. And my two greatest encouragement for us as we move throughout this year is, listen, let's keep studying the Bible and let's keep walking together. I am confident that if we as a church keep studying the Bible and keep walking together, we are going to see God move in great ways and, and we are going to operate with any and all the gifts that God gives us in a way that is biblical as Paul lays out in chapter 14. So listen, I don't know about you, but I'll say this. I do not want to miss out on one gift that God wants to give me. I do not want to, us as a church to miss out on one activity of service, of working, empowered by the Holy Spirit that he wants to do in the life of our church or in the life through our church as we serve and love the people around us. And I'm very confident that as each person's unique design is discovered, lived, and celebrated with equal excitement, that we will collectively take thousands of joyful steps to serve others. And I'm very confident that countless deeds of mercy, kindness, hospitality, healing, teaching, encouragement, and more is going to lead to story after story of the supernatural becoming natural and God's love going public among us. But this love is going to go public in every corner of our church and our city, which is maybe another question that I'll go ahead and answer today. Do you believe that these are just for the church? No. Yes, they're, they're for the church, but, but think about this. I don't know about you, but so often I think like, okay, spiritual gifts, like that's just for when I'm hanging out with Christians. That's just when I'm in my small group. That's just when I'm on Sunday morning and I'm hanging out with people and I'm praying or encouraging or preaching or whatever. But no, no, no. Listen, if God has gifted you by his Holy Spirit, do you not think those gifts are for your neighborhood? Do you not think those gifts are for your home? Do you not think that those gifts are for your workplace? God wants to do something through you all the time. Listen, I love this. I just thought about it this past week. Listen, the Holy Spirit doesn't go to the settings of your heart and turn off location services. He doesn't do it. The Holy Spirit is in you and how he has gifted you. He wants to work through you wherever he takes you and places you. 
In all of this, all of this, in verse 11, as we see, it's empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. And so as we begin to think about what this looks like, as we move forward as a church family, I want to share four strategic priorities that our pastors and staff have, have identified as we begin the year, the first four months of the year. Not to happen necessarily in sequence, but to happen together as we move throughout these first four months of the year. Number one, listen, Jesus said, ask. He said, ask. He said, pray. He said, ask for more of my Holy Spirit. Just go read Luke 11, chapter, uh, chapter 11, verse 13. We will pray and fast for the empowering gifts of the Spirit. If you have a gift and you have a gift, listen, ask for, for more of that gift to be on display. If there's a gift that you desire that you don't have yet, ask God. There's no guarantee. I can't promise that God's going to give you every gift. That, like no one has all the gifts. But perhaps there are some gifts that you don't have yet that if you would just ask God, that God maybe, maybe soon, maybe today, maybe right now, maybe the next you know, month, year, whenever. Listen, we ask God for more of his empowering spirit to be at work among us. Then number two, we, we as pastors, we're going to be writing a foundational statement on spiritual gifts for our church. Just to, just to clarify and to guide us as we move forward. Then number three, we've talked about stories. You've heard it in our vision statement, storytelling. We are going to share stories to celebrate joyful steps of discovery and service. And then finally, before these first four months pass, we're going to share a discovery tool with you that is going to help you discover the gifts that God has given our church. But I, I don't want you to wait. Just like, oh, I wonder when that's coming. Like, I'm, I'm interested in that, Professor Tanner. Okay, let me, let me jump start it by giving you three questions with three actions. Very simple, okay? Three questions with three actions. The three questions that you should begin to ask as you seek to discover your spiritual gifts, I believe, uh, at least are, are, are these. Number one, when you serve, how are you particularly effective? We're talking about effectiveness. When, when you serve, oh, man, people are blessed. They benefit. They profit. They're strengthened. They're built up as you serve in a particular
thing. And like, you know, my wife has, I don't think it's a spiritual gift. I think it's a physical gift. It's called flexibility. So, you know, she's like, she's like, you know, has this and like, she's like, I'm hurting right now even. And, you know, she's like, you know, got this going on. And, and so she, she beats all the kids and she says, I finally found a game that daddy will never beat me. And so now it's on. I'm like, if I have to pull a hamstring or go to the hospital, okay, I am going to beat her in Twister. And guess what? Your boy got humiliated. I got, I got, I got ashamed. I mean, it was like I, I was hurting. I didn't want to say I was hurting, but I was hurting. And, uh, you know, and so, and then eventually, you know, I just like give up, fall over, and, uh, and she wins the game. And so I was, I, was, I was defeated both, you know, literally and, you know, emotionally. And, uh, and so I just, I just kind of regained perspective. And I don't know if it was a, a word of wisdom from the Holy Spirit, but, but the Spirit said, hey, she's, she's flexible, but you have two things going for you. You have size and strategy. So I said, you know what, let's play again. And I had already established this one strategy in my mind that I would use my size so that when she kind of got low, I would go for what I'm now calling the bridge. All right, so the bridge, let me do this. So the bridge, you got to get like on this side and then, and then you find when she's down low and then you just, you just suffocate her. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, just like this. I mean, I just had her, I just had her suffocated and she somehow, listen, somehow she survived the bridge. I don't know how she did it, but she survived the bridge. And so then I'm like, man, what am I going to do now? And I had no other plan until I was, I was down still in the bridge mode. And she had kind of, you know, uh, finagled her way to this side of the board. And she then had to try to cross back over. And I said, you know what? The bridge is turning into, this, this, this is great. Uh, you can borrow some time. The bridge is turning into the bull. The bull, you know what I'm saying? So I'm down low, and I'm like, this bull ain't moving nowhere. And so I would not budge. I did give her no grace. Like, oh, I need to get over there. Like, this is my spot. I'm not moving, and you're going to fall because I am the bull. And she toppled to the ground, and she was defeated by Pastor Tanner, who defeated her declaration that she would never get beat by me. (laughs) Oh, now listen, listen, listen. (laughs) Some of us are flexible. Some of us have a little more size. Some of us are gifted in strategy and leadership and administration and speaking and, and healing. And listen, I am so excited. I'm so excited to see what God is going to do. As we seek his face, as we, as we, Ask him to do a great work, strengthening us for the good of others this year as we move forward as a church family. And I can tell you, I, I, am, I am anticipating a lot of fun. Yes, we have questions and we're not sure about this or that. Listen, but God wants to do a great work. Why? Because as Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Listen, God has already prepared the good works that he has for us in 2022. He knows how he's going to use you in your workplace. He knows how he's going to use you in your relationships. He knows how he's going to use you. He wants to use you in this church. And we just have to step into it and step out to all that he has for us. And listen, when we do, 
When we do, we're going to start to see as you receive this, this vision card and, and, and our vision statement on the front for this year. But there's a vision statement on the back that I don't want you to miss. Because as we're empowered, as we live as a unified church that is loving one another and loving our neighbor as ourselves, Listen, we see a new New England on the horizon. We want to multiply, listen, from New England to the nations. And so I just want to read this as I lead us into prayer. We see a multiplication movement spreading across greater Medford as 755,000 people, listen to that, 755,000 people, that's, that's people within five-mile uh, radius of, of Medford, restlessly wait for the hope of Jesus, fueled by our pursuit of God and filled with his spirit. We will make disciples who urgently lead others from spiritual apathy to abundant life in Christ. As people taste true freedom, joy will fill living rooms, classrooms, and conference rooms. By 2030, this is our prayer, we will see dozens of new groups and at least three new churches cover the map. This vision will come alive through bold prayer and action. We will impact lives from New England to the nations.